Well, I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Mammology, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. So be the first to know, y'all, about new episodes, get mom hacks, and more by subscribing each week to the Monday Mammologist. You want to head on over to mahoganymammology.com and sign up for that free newsletter. And now, on to the show. All right, Mel. So generational wealth, that's our topic today. Love it. We hear the term with the connotation devoted uh, to trust funds and inheritances passed down by non-Black family members. Um, The 1%, we'd say, we'd go on and say, personally, to me, it seems like a far-fetched goal when most families, or I should say Black families, are out here just trying to survive, especially during the pandemic. And so, sadly, the wealth gap between Black and white families in the U.S. is substantially wide, with African-American families having a network net worth of $17,150 compared to our counterparts, $171,000 of net worth. And I got that stat from the Brookings Institute. So um, Blacks in the U.S. started out with less than nothing, or we could probably say less, less than nothing, and historically persevered to develop thriving neighborhoods and businesses only to be destroyed by non-Black counterparts. So there are some exceptions to the rule, of course, um, then and now for the purpose of passing the profits to future generations, of course. Um, Of course, with us, many obstacles uh, still remain, systematic racism that limit the ability, excuse me, to reintroduce us back to those communities like that of Tulsa or St. Augustine or even Seneca Village in New York City. Again, as I talk about the pandemic, we have that other term that's thrown around called the great resignation. Um, And we're seeing a trend of folks quitting their jobs. And I see a trend of black entrepreneurship. And so, can we have a thriving black businesses, communities um, like those I mentioned before to pass our level of generational wealth? So let's talk about that with our guest entrepreneur, Kiana Winfield. Welcome. Thank you for having me. No doubt. Absolutely. Well, everyone, please do meet Kiana Winfield. She is the CEO and founder of Moms Dance 2. Uh, we're going to dive more into that as well as some other areas. She has been an entrepreneur for more than five years now. She started her first business known as Cool Moms Dance 2 with her daughter, Serenity Marie, a few years after the loss of her partner, Serenity's dad. And she has grown this business to gain partnerships with uh, Naomi in Georgia, uh, Spanx, the uh, Sarah Blakely Foundation, Kids Pop, and even the Atlanta Hawks. Y'all, that's big time right there. Oh, girl. Look at me. Girl. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I you know, it. and not and not to diffuse any of her fantastic accomplishments, but um, a lot of times as Black entrepreneurs, you know, we haven't been able to partner yet with the, I'll air quote it, the big dogs of the world or bigger corporations. So uh, this is this is outstanding. Um, uh, and again, uh, there's more to 
why she's on this show because they just yeah. released an app via Apple Store called Gen Connect Game. It's the game that gets families talking. So yes, we're going to talk about that and y'all be able to make yes. it. And I don't know if it's also on the Android I'm team Apple, but uh, we're going to make sure she's going to clarify that for us. So welcome again, Kiana, to the show. Thank you. Thank welcome. you. I'm excited. Yay. Yay. So we're going to we're going to go back to the beginnings, if you will. Tell us more about Cool Dance Moms. Like what 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 is that for those who, you know, they're listening on the road and, you know, they, they don't have time yet to go Google you just yet. Yeah, so Cool Moms Dance 2 is an organization that I started with um, then my two daughters. Uh, I have one daughter who is front-facing. She likes the spotlight, and she does a lot of the work with us. But uh, we started Cool Moms Dance 2 in 2016. In 2013, their dad and my life partner at the time, um, we lost him to suicide. And during that time, it was a really, really difficult transition Going from having partnership, always having someone there, um, you know, the children being used to their father and becoming a single parent, becoming a single parent who has to uh, deal with the aftermath of a loss that's so traumatic. Um, And it was just really tough on us. And I personally grew up in a household where we didn't have you know, riches weren't wealthy as far as finances were concerned, but we were wealthy as far as education and love was concerned. So my mom was really, really big on making sure we nurtured spaces for us to express ourselves and just be cognizant of how we move through the world as well as how we affect others. And um, when we went through that loss, I was going through the process of coping, coping through this experience that I had never had before. And one of the ways that I thought would be helpful for me is to make sure that the girls were completely engaged and busy as often as possible so that I could have time to even think because this was a new life for me. Uh, so I'm trained in dance, been dancing pretty much all of my life. Um, when I became a mom, that kind of shifted. I you know, went back to school, started studying psychology, started working in the finance space and the world known as you know, dance wasn't a part of my day-to-day life, but my daughters took a light into it and I enrolled them in Cameo Production Studios dance class in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, They came home from school one day after, because they would go straight from school to the program. And after the dance class they had that day, I decided to dance with them. I just felt inspired. I'm they're dancing. I'm like, y'all don't know. I got moves. I can really probably <laughs> dance better than both of these young guys. kids. They don't know. They ain't. But know wait a minute. You need to. But tell them you got them jeans from somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, I know you. You don't realize that as far as technique is concerned. That like, I got this. This is what I do. So we played around with it. We had a good time. And at the end of us dancing, like literally in my bedroom, my eldest daughter, Yaira, she uh, laid on the bed with me and she started talking to me about her day and how she was being bullied by a girl in school who was talking about her skin complexion, how she was light skinned and all of these things. And I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, who is messing with my baby? That was the first thought. And then second of all, wait, how long has this been going on? Was the first thought that I had. And she said months. And I said, this is the first time you felt comfortable telling me about this. And her con- her context of the conversation was, first of all, I'm telling you now, 
was her energy to me, but she really was explaining how you're so busy. You know, I don't, I, you know, I just didn't feel like it was necessary. I was dealing with it on my own. And I left that conversation realizing a couple of things. The first thing was one, I needed to be much closer to my children in an intimate way, not in the way where it's like, I'm your parent, you're the child, but as human beings, I need to find a way to show up for them. And two, the other thing that I noticed is this dance thing we had going on was, was kind of breaking down some walls that was, was up before we had something in common. And from there, we continued to uh, dance together. We started having other families come over because they would hear about it from the kids, what we were doing. And it just continued to grow. People would come to me, moms would come back to me after coming to our house and say, oh my God, you know, my daughter or my son told me X, Y, and Z, or I, I can't believe you said this, but I can't believe it actually worked. And I'm like, we're not meeting on a human level. That's really the thing when it comes to parenting. We are trying to be adult parents, but we are dealing with other human beings that just happen to be little, right? So as that continued to evolve, I'm like, okay, we got some of these strangers. I, I, I don't want everybody up in my house. So we need to find a space <laughs> to do these classes. And we started hosting classes locally in Decatur, Georgia. And if I'm going to be completely transparent, yeah, I'm really big on intentionality. I'm really big on prayer and having mental clarity. And a lot of what kept developing was me asking what was, what's the next step? What am I supposed to be doing? I really didn't intend on it becoming an organization. Um, I just knew that I would do anything to make sure that I was raising happy, healthy, whole children. And if that, you know, pushed me to, make my work advocacy and supporting the well-being of families through dance, then that's going to be my work. That's what I'm going to do. And it allowed me to spend more time with my children on a daily basis because I decided instead of me just doing it myself, we're going to do this organization together because you guys are teaching me dances. You guys are teaching me about the ecosystem as far as, you know, what's popular, what's trending, the things that are going to make people want to come anyway, because there's children involved. And that's how we created Cool Moms Dance 2, which is the intergenerational hip-hop dance fitness class. Oh Wow. I wasn't even ready. I wasn't ready. Look at me. I wasn't ready. I wasn't but, ready. But my thing, okay, so yeah. here's, here's, I have so, <laughs> let me just ask a first, let me just ask a question by question. So first, first of all, with that being said, I hope you, did you take any parents away from the dance school? <laughs> You know what? I never thought about that. That's interesting. I never thought about that. If you, no, if I you, mean, it's not. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. You sure? Look at me. I'm like, I hope, I hope that she's not like, uh, uh-uh. uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. You know, she and I always had a good relationship. Her spirit is so warm, Camille. That, uh, and she's really huge on Instagram. She she's not missing anything. She's okay. a big deal. Um, she does a okay. lot, but uh, <laughs> if she wanted to ask that waiting list, then that question is null and void. Then <laughs> you know, <laughs> no. So the answer would be no. You she's you are not taking anything away from it. Cool, very cool. But it just shows that more people can be in the space, though. Yes. There's a need. There's definitely a need. Wow. So, okay. 
you guys got oh. to now was both daughters like involved like how who does what like how is the involvement of the girls in this or it, it, give me more give me more I'm- <laughs> she's like give me more so to give you that i would have to tell you a little bit about them so yara she kind of shies away from being in front of people so she does a lot of back you know, back-end logistics stuff. She helps us with um, with social media. She helps us with choreography. She helps us with, you know, when we're doing events, accounting. She's a person who's managing money and making sure we're getting everything we're supposed to uh, because she's really, she's one of those people where she's she's very interested in finance and law and she's big on her coins. So you might be, and, and one more time, how old is she again? She is now 14. She'll be 15, okay. but- uh, when we okay. first started in 2016, she was a baby, but she's she just she is who she is. She said, run, <laughs> run my checks, run these checks, run, run, run this money. You know what? She'll do that to me too. She's like, oh, ma'am, we just uh, we just got a check. What part of that check is mine? Okay, let's talk about this. <laughs> she's serious. Yes. She's, she's like, I'm doing that. the bookkeeping. That's why. <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. I love it. I love wow. it. You know what? Because um, especially like your daughter, she if she's shy and very introverted. I don't know. I'm just paraphrasing. I don't know. But that you know, just trying to learn that kind of skill or developing on your own, especially at that vulnerable age, going back to having these conversations, right? You get to know your child more, and it helps build confidence, self esteem, and a skill. Who? Exactly. It's that practical hands-on experience too, Tosh, because when you think about it, you know, depending upon where they're at or what they're learning in school, you're probably like in a, in a inadvertently way, you're applying that to, to, I don't want to even call it a project to the business, to the business. Like it's math. It is at the, it's real the, life. It's, it's real functional life. learning. I guess she's have, she's having to balance the books. Some people can't even balance a checkbook, and she's fourteen, about to be fifteen, and and she's running like you know, check came in, and she's like, okay, so what's my cut? She's right. Already talking about percentages. <laughs> yeah, that. she's all about percentages and law. She's. She, did I give you permission to to record this? If not, that's against my right. Like she's very big on that. But because she's an introvert, I didn't realize that that was the case. But when it when we talk about intentional parenting, I have to always check myself with this organization to to say yes, this is an organization. We're running a company. You know, we're responsible for things. We have contractors. We you know we have people who work for us. However. I need to check in with my children separate from my my co-founders and ask them what works for them. Because I know when my eldest Yara and I'll get to Serenity in a second, Yara, when she was in middle school, you know, they started doing some type of at that time, TikTok was called Musical.ly. They started doing some type of Musical.ly thing and um, the kids were, you know, talking about each other in some particular way and they were looking each other up online so all the kids are looking each other up online they're looking on social media but yara has a business and she is all over because there's press there's press in newspapers there's press on websites there's press in magazines and they're like making fun of her and she felt uncomfortable with the experience So many people were explaining to me like, hey, you should really push to let her know that she shouldn't feel that way. And I I just didn't agree with it. I said, whatever her feelings are at the moment, 
I'm going to honor them. And when she feels comfortable, if she wants to come back and, and have a different role, cool. But if you feel like you need to take a step back, if you feel like you don't want to be out in the open because you want your social experience at school to be harmonious for you, then I'm going to listen to your needs and apply them appropriately. So from there, we started take, changing our language, changing how we promoted, changing you know, our imaging because she was a part of everything physically. She would physically do classes. She would be a, a part of our press and our videos, but respecting her as a human being to me, because my first intention, I can do anything. My background um, and my experience, I can really tap into many industries, tech, you know, finance. I've been working in entertainment all my life. So for me, when I decided to do Cool Moms as a business, I'm thinking about the fact that I am, as you guys stated with generational wealth, I'm trying to pass down a different type of generational wealth to my children with this, which is independence, which is peace, which is being able to do what you love and do it on your own terms. And I can't tell her because other people say, hey, we're expecting this image. You have to do this if it doesn't serve her any longer. Because if we're adults and we're at a job or we're working and doing some work and it no longer serves us, we have the right to say, hey, I think it's time for me to move on from this. So I want to teach her to be confident in speaking up for herself, telling her, telling people what it is she needs and being firm in that. So when she goes in life, she's not feeling like she has to settle for anything. And that's a part of that, mm. you know, generational wealth push of really teaching through practical application, how to be an individual and how to build the life that you really want. I like that. I like, although my intro was very specific to the financial component of generational know wealth I do like I do like where you're going with that as far as you mentioned earlier you know it doesn't your wealth is not your your wealth is your health right and it doesn't solely mean money it is filling your cup up with boundaries you know what I mean like your daughter you know you're teaching her boundaries that's that is her 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 mental wealth right right you know and so I, I definitely like I like looking at that in that perspective. I, like that. I mean, if I can add to that, if you think yes. about things that really matter, like look at someone like Mark Zuckerberg, right? And how he was able to build Facebook. A lot of people don't understand that his parents were very intentional about cultivating space for him to be creative and figure out what he liked. So when he got to that freshman year in college and an idea came about, he had the wherewithal to believe in himself because he was he he was given a, the tools to be an individual and to say you can shape your world the way you want to. So he felt confident with saying, hey, I'm dropping out and I'm creating this organization. I'm creating this company because his parents were hyper intentional about giving, creating space for him to identify what makes sense. And if we're talking about wealth, the only way that I believe our people are going to get to financial wealth is if we start understanding that our minds have a lot to do with what we're able to generate. If you don't see the feasibility in you being able to make a phone call and get to an, uh, you know, the Hawks or a Sphinx, then you're not going to try. But the fact that I, you have the mental wherewithal to know that there aren't many limitations, but the ones you put on yourself, if you do the work, you will see effort. You will see things come through for yourself. Um, all of that will build wealth for you because you have to be resilient and you have to trust that an idea can come to fruition when you continue to iterate and build upon that. And, um, I think that that's invaluable that we give to our children. 
Yeah. Tell us about your other daughter. It sounds like she's the one. uh, Is that Serenity's the one then we're seeing along with you on camera then? Yes. So Serenity, Serenity is our, we call her um, Sunshine. She and I share the same uh, nickname, but she is a breath of fresh air, a ball of energy. Anytime we go anywhere, Serenity is a, a, a child that can sell you air and she's not selling you anything when she does it. You look at her and she's, she's just, she reels you in with her sweetness, her kindness. And automatically it's like, Hey, just take my money. I'm, I don't care what you had. Oh, you have something. I forgot about that. She has that energy about her cause she's so likable and lovable. And, um, and she's just an amazing child. So with her, she's very, um, active on the, um, you know, as far as our content is concerned, she's very active as far as choreography. She's, she was able to build, she has her own TikTok, was able to build a following of 22,000 people because she's just, she's serenity. That's what she does. (laughs) So we, uh, we just let her do her because she's a natural creative. She loves singing, acting and dancing. Um, and she is a people person at heart. So when it comes to cool moms dance too, she's very active in, in wanting to be in front of the camera and wanting to, um, be authentic with how things sound, feel, look, she will tell us in a second, "Eh, that's, that's lame. Like we're not doing that. And we need that type of honesty when we're putting something out into the marketplace and expecting people to want to engage with it. And I just love that about her. So she's into interior design and all things design, which is interesting to me. Um, but she's a fashionista, so I can see why that's so. Um, and how that kind of translates, like say, for instance, with our Gen Connect app, which I know we'll get to at some point today. Yeah. Um, she was she was the one going in and kind of, she didn't know it was user experience support, but she, what she was saying is, hey, I don't like the way the colors are. I don't like that. Blue. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. She tried right. to be so, UX, right? Exactly. Yes. I love exactly. it. Exactly. So with children, they don't know that by doing simple things like that in their mind, that that is the experience. Someone who does UX, that's their responsibility is to say, is this flow making sense for the user? And she was doing that without even knowing it in the process. And her input, her her voice, her energy is invaluable to what we do at Cool Mom Dance too. Wow. You guys, I'm sorry. Did you mention how old she was? She's 12. She's 12. She's 12. Okay. I love it. I absolutely love it. Do you it. guys like, do you have to structure your, your time as a family? Like, okay, this is family time. And then this is business time. Are there like certain days? Like, how does that, is there an on and off switch? Do the kids get it confused um, on their hats? You know? You know what, to be completely honest, at one point it was very convoluted because we were growing, it was moving very fast and it was like, listen, (laughs) we're going to have to turn it off when we get a second. But I think during the pandemic, it really helped me to realize something that was important. It's like, hey, you're doing this because you're, you're trying to build a life for the children. So make sure that they're living it day to day. So now Sundays, we don't do anything on a Sunday. You could send me an email from, I mean, going back to Yara. Yara was, uh, and this is just a side note I wanted to add, it's interesting about them and how they are creative. Yara, when she 
when we first started Cool Moms, she said, we need money to really get this going. We need some, we need some cash because I don't understand what we're doing. We don't have any banners. Like, what's going on here? And uh, I was like, okay, well, let's figure it out. She said, I'm going to send, um, I'm going to write a letter. At that time, Barack Obama was our president. I'm going to write a letter to Barack Obama and ask him to support our business. So she wrote this cute letter. We have the pictures oh. and everything. This cute letter to Obama stating like, hey, we need $10,000. We need your support. Help our business. And it was so adorable. Probably four months later, she got a package in the mail from the White House and Barack sent her a letter saying, thank you for your support, your entrepreneurship. We love young people like you. But giving them a voice to say, "Okay, go for your wildest dreams. Go ahead, (laughs) do that. What? Um, Are you kidding me? No, I'm not so serious. We have the pictures and everything. The right letters. Like. (laughs) Biden. Oh, wait a minute. But, but even to take it back to say, like, you know what? Did you know what you just did? That's kind of it's called grant writing. Right. right <laughs> you know <exactly>. saying? <laughs> that's that pitch stuff. You know, that's the that's the venture capital pitching. You exactly. know, that's the beginnings of that. And she was already like, oh, I, we need money. We not. Why but, should we be paying? Exactly. But back to what you were saying, asking about having that balance, there were times where we were just kind of in flow and things like that. She, that, that was something that pertained to our organization, but we were just kicking it when she came up with that idea and wrote the letter. It wasn't really us working on the business, but when you're, when you're intentional about your work specifically for me and cool moms, I'm intentional about our work being focused on creating a healthy space, I'm really testing on my family to make sure that I'm as present as possible. My organization checks me. You're telling people that you want them to connect and be healthy. Remember to do that for yourself. And I love that checks and balance. So Mm -hmm. we are very intentional about Sundays, no work, nothing at all. Only thing that we could do is maybe some housework if, if there's something to do, you know, Monday and Tuesday nights. Now we are very like, no computers, no phones. We are, we will be watching the voice together as a family. Like we're very intentional about our time together and making sure that they have time as individuals. So now when they come back, they're not fatigued. Uh, but that comes from experience, not necessarily getting it right. The first time I had to definitely take some time over the years and say, okay, they're tired. They're tired of doing classes. They're tired of doing this because it's a lot when they're in school and all of that. So yeah, well, everything that we've, we've built as far as having that balance and being able to shut things down comes from, you know, receiving feedback and saying, okay, I'm going to listen to that feedback because you are talking to me as my co-founder and not my child, um, that we need a lot more balance as it pertains to work and life. That's beautiful. I love it. Just great. Just all these nuggets, man. Like if you are wanting to, start a business or even like if your child comes she says oh we should do this as a business like what you are talking about right now are all fantastic essentials that as parents we need to incorporate into their goal set for the next year or and beyond if they're looking i feel sometimes i feel like though you know when kids are so young you know as parents and this is kind of a follow-up i'm gonna ask you a follow-up question we're so focused on the education part of it right we want you you know, to go to school and get an education and his historically or our not historically, our older generations have really instilled that in us um, because that was their side of wealth. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's so and it's, it's so refreshing, I should say, um, to hear that the 
the, the way you parent your children, the way you're parenting them um, is very, to me, I, it describes it as very fluid. It's, you know, um, as opposed to I'm the parent, you do what I need to, you know, you do what I say um, and that's it. Like you're letting them be their selves. And so kind of my, my question to you is then how has, how has this company, the app and cool dance moms changed your, um, what word am I looking for? Development ability to be a black parent, be a black mom. Wow. That's a, just thinking about that question, I have to take a deep breath. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, it's a good thing because oh, okay. you know, what, what happened during this process was something that I just couldn't have imagined, right? Starting from the traumatic experience of how we lost dad and being able to discern how to communicate with the girls and how to maintain their well-being and um how I grew up, like I had, my mom was liberal, but she still had a lot of the traditional, we got, we got spankings, we got, you know, we were still dealing with a lot of the same mentality that was from the old school that came from a lot of the traumatic experiences that derived from slavery, I believe. Um, but when it came to parenting my children, I was just very adamant about creating a different experience, right? It did help that both of my girls have just been really chill, very like just good kids. But I think the fact that since they were babies, I talked to them like human beings helped. I, I didn't goo goo gaga, and I don't do that now as if they're 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 not cognizant to what their reality is. And I think when we start developing communication as with human beings and and not only give them the label as a child we can learn more about them so that we can help in their development so it's not so difficult right mm -hmm. so for mm -hmm. me as a black mom specifically you know digging in and understanding mental health why because if their father passed the way that he the way he did we don't i'm not clear if that stuff is passed on to my children. I need to be abreast of how this can show up in our lives in the future. Is there anxiety? Is there depression in their family? Like these are things that wasn't very traditional for me to jump into because my, my mother didn't even want me to study psychology in school. She's like, that's a waste of your time. You should be doing something else with your time. Um, and I, for some reason, the mind intrigued me. It was very important for me to understand why do people do what they do? Why do they think the way that they think? And now as a parent, it's, you know, sometimes I get feedback from the girls where they're like, you're just overthinking. I just want to spend time with my friends. It's not that deep. So they'll give me that kind of feedback, <laughs> just being honest. And, and it'll help me say, okay, I, I do understand that I'm trying to cultivate an experience where they're aware, um, but the balance of allowing them to live and be free in that as well, I have to tap into that more often. So it, reinventing how you want to live and have your experience with your children to be is, it's interesting. Sometimes it is overwhelming because I'll have days where I think to myself, 
oh, you you really took on a lot. You're choosing, you're really choosing to do this. You know, you see other people, it's so much easier for them to just live, have fun. And, you know, you're really trying to do some real work to heal generational wounds, to, you know, start something new, to give your children something that they never have. Like I get feedback from uh, family members because my daughter, my eldest, she wants to go to law school. And they're like, yes, she wants to go to law school. And when I, when I talk to her personally, I tell her, I said, I'll support you all day, but I don't think that's your passion. I think you want to do it because you think that it's going to make money. And it's probably because we did have, you know, a time where we didn't have many luxuries because I was a single parent. So there were times where her friends can go and get, you know, seven pairs of Jordans. And I'm like, sis, that's not going to happen, but I, I just don't have the budget for it. So for me, that language makes children feel like there's lack at times when it may not necessarily be. Um, however, I know that she's choosing her life path based on a form of lack that she has, which is I need to figure out what's going to make me the most amount of money. But when I see her, what she does on a day to day basis, she's editing videos. She's on her phone, literally in her spare time, editing videos for TikTokers for all. And I'm like, that's your passions. That's what's going to make you happy. It will make you money. Do what you love. Um, she's still not locked in because I can tell there's still some traumatic residue left over. Um, but I think along the lines of me kind of shifting and being authentic and owning my individual way of parenting, um, I just stick by my moniker of really raising healthy, happy, whole children. And if I'm going to do that, I have to push, I have to push against what doesn't serve that. So yeah, it sounds good going to law school, but if I know for a fact that you, you literally have found your passion, there is no way I'm going to let that leave you today when it's right here, right now, people go their whole lives trying to find it. So that's how Ooh. I show up in my parenting. Wow. Nice. Oh, ah! <laughs> I <love> it. <laughs> you mentioned something I'm, I'm sorry. Look at me. I'm sorry. Um, no. You, had mentioned, you mentioned something that um, I think is very taboo and very controversial in the Black household. And to me, I think that is um, basically do what you love and the money will follow. And I think a lot of folks in the older generation, I'm not going to say, yeah, I say it's taboo because a lot of older folks are like, no dog, no. You like dance, that's but is that going to put food on? You know, they're very much of that mindset, right? Well, because they only so, know what they know. You're right. You're absolutely right on that. How do we, where's, the, uh, going back to our topic, but where's the wealth in letting the older generation know that, hey, you know what, it doesn't have to be our, our path doesn't have to be so linear anymore. Does that make sense? It does. Um, I don't know if you're going to like my answer, but I'm come on. No, no, we all about it. It's okay. It's okay. I love it. I love it. Come on. Listen, I honestly believe in, and this is going to be controversial and I'm a really, uh, what do you say? I'm really conservative to a certain degree. But I, I believe in 
doing things and asking questions later. I don't believe in asking for permission to be yourself, right? And I think if you look back even at some of the movies from the 90s and, you know, Rent and all these, you have these people who grew up in these spaces where these families had these antiquated ways of thinking. And it's like, hey, I want to be free. You know, you look at someone like Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, they go Mm. through life and they find their way. Kate Spade built something amazing, but she just was not happy. She had all the money in the world but she was not happy with her life experience, right? So for me, if if you're passionate what makes you happy, um, you know, only brings you in $60,000 a year or, or whatever the case may be, whatever that number is, it's a high probability if you go through the traditional route of going to school and getting a job, you're gonna kind of make that amount anyway. So realistically, unless you go to get a graduate degree or a doctorate, you're going to be making, you're probably not going to go over six figures if you are not in maybe sales or something specialized, right? Just regular jobs, all these students, people, I'm in that generation where we went to school, folks came out of school and they're capped under six figures after spending all this money and having all this debt. I'm not interested in my children living a life that they're not happy with. And I will say I I personally know um, I had support with that because my mother was in intellectual property. She she my mother was in publishing growing up and she taught us about the fact that, hey, there's not many ways we don't necessarily as African-Americans that without some runway have the support of having real estate being passed down to us or trust funds, as you spoke of in the beginning. However, the one thing that we do have, if we are smart and find our way is intellectual property, what you create, you can own, and that will bring you wealth. So she was very intentional about teaching us that teaching us about trademarks and copyrights and all of that. And mind you, I was falling asleep like mom tired. Oh, can I go play with my friends? But when I tell you as an adult, and this is why I do with my children, what I do as an adult, all of that is here. And I know how to move within my life. I know how to build and create wealth. I know how to create relationships and partnerships because I know my value because she taught me how to be wealthy as a child without money. We didn't have a lot of money, but she had the keys. She had the tools. She had the education to explain to us, this is how you get there. So I think the the way to do it is to model, one, wealth not being solely about finances, because wealth is multifaceted, um, and then understanding that the only way for people who don't have access to capital and resources in advance for them to gain wealth is to create something and actually own it. Um, And for me, that is, that's pretty much it. Girl, isn't that more evident now? Let's bring it on home for the young people in TikTok, right? Yeah. A whole lot of them just went on strike because they didn't have that IP understanding, right? Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would the 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 wealth is the ownership, like you mentioned. You know what I mean? How wonderful would it be if not not so much the money, but just to say I own the rights of this beat, this dance. You know what I'm saying? Like that everybody that is doing that yep. song. You know, again TikTok. There was a big savage dance and how to learn that key, um, choreography, and then whole lot of other people made millions of money, millions of dollars and, t- and got TV shows as a result of, you know, stolen property. 
uh, mm-hmm. sort of speaks, but I love, 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 but, my, you know, but I'm different. You know, my parent didn't teach me that. Um, right. Again, going back to what Mel said, you don't know what you don't know. Parents don't even have that understanding to say, you know, you own this, your mind, your creative process is, is your wealth. Exactly. Exactly. And, and even, and it stems from even, you know, again, their generational wealth in terms of the dancing, like for them, it, they were able to, you know, come together. You guys came together through dance and now it's like, Oh, Oh, we can make money off this. You know, granted that's wealth and that's like, a, you know, you own this intellectual property of how to transform or how to translate, okay, dance into mental health abilities and how to not necessarily cure, but how to cope, how to deal, how to enjoy. So the positives and the negatives of the enjoyment of movement and enjoying the music and be able to sit down and have these conversations afterwards and opening up the family. It's, it's huge, huge. It's, and it's, it's a tie-in and a lesson. I think many of our parents and the generations before us didn't connect before that I believe what you're doing. And I think there are some other mothers out there who are like, man, my kid likes doing this, but eh, here's the time. Here's where you can change that. It's not just, eh, it's no, let me foster here. Yeah. You want, you want to do more on that here? Here, Let me give you a little bit of tidbits and keep, keep you engaged in that art form, whatever that art form I air quoted is mm-hmm. um and, that, and that's beautiful um i, I want to jump over to to this app because yeah, i know that's exactly what i was like yes i know side how, note i sold yeah. i sold well, as in like a whole different tangent side note i would love love i would love to be a fly on the wall as your daughter grows up because mm-hmm. the old, older one especially because you realize that like law is is what you think you want. That's the facade, right? That's the facade you're putting up. But like deep down, is that truly your passion? You know, it sounds like it sound like broadcasting journalism is her and communications is her passion. But right. it's like, oh, I can't wait. Look but me. that doesn't mean she couldn't use. I, but see, and here I am like, well, let me kill a couple birds with one stone and be <laughs> like, well, why can't she just use the law towards her passion? Like maybe that's, a, a tie-in. I, I mean, you parent how you parent, and I'm just here to. If you get in, in, if you get into you know? the weeds of it, if you get into like the details, like if you really, really pay attention. And one thing that I did, I told her she's in her first year of high school, and I said, um, "You're going to join the debate team because that's going to give you the skills to understand what the process of law is like. Like you have to; it'll give you some basic." She's in there, like, listen, I'm bored. Like, what is this? And I said, well, didn't I tell you to join the film club as well? You didn't want to join the film club because you, you didn't think that it was going to be fun. But I know for a fact it would be fun for you. Why? Because you guys are analyzing film. You're, you're able to look at pre and post production. That is your, that's your world. And it doesn't hurt the fact that mommy is very, very close to that world. And I have been for a long time. So for you, uh, for me, it's like understanding literally like what are they 
interested in. Like I said about Mark Zuckerberg, his family saw that he loved video games. So they, they gave him the tools, they gave him kits to put video games together, to put a gaming system together himself. He was doing that as a mm. preteen, right? So when we look at our children, I think exposure is everything, but I think we do so much work in the community with exposing children and we do, we don't do enough about exposing adults to what's out there. Right. And it's important that adults know the different options that children have. Like say for instance, someone like Serenity, she loves design. She loves fashion. She loves, you can be, you know, an interior designer, you can work in architecture. You, if this, if you love the way structures are, let's look at career paths mm. that pertain to your passion instead yeah. of saying, Hey, that looks like something that's prominent, but are you going to be happy? You don't like sitting and reading books for 13 hours at a time. You really think you want to be in law because 90% of your time is research and development. Yeah. And then you go. So if that's not really what you love, why am I pushing you to do something when I know that's not the case? I don't fear your path. I know you're covered by the creator and I know you're covered by me because I'm going to make sure that you have resources. So I'll do what you got to do to make yourself happy. So that sacrifice that we make as parents, I think we all, not think, I know we all make sacrifices for our children, but sometimes it's important to go back and say, what type of sacrifices am I making? And can I go to the drawing board and say, maybe this sacrifice I'm making over here to make sure they look fly or to make sure they're in these particular programs that don't serve them. Maybe I can put that into finding out who they are as a person and cultivating that experience for them. And that's what's important to me. You know, this show's over. We don't even need to do when a church fair pass the plate. We don't, need to, the plate. We, don't, we don't need to talk about nothing, nothing else for the rest of <laughs> look the at year. Me, I was thinking, look at me. I want to know because I was like, I need to I'm have her back done. just on the topic of conscious parenting. Come on now. I mean, <laughs> we. They're they not now, listening. They're not even listening. They're not listening. Y'all better rewind. That's all. They better save this because I, I. And I, now I, we can go on to your app. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we could talk about the app. <laughs> I, mean, I just I wanted, what we was that was burning in my spirit when you was talking about your daughter, and I was just like, "Oh, I know that because she is me when I was growing up." I mm. it was very much like, but you you mentioned a good thing, like my parents didn't know. Parents don't know what's out there for their kids, right? And it's so if 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 they love it, it become it's easy and and. And other people could see how brilliant they are, right? If it comes out that easy. So I'm Stop like, oh. trying to be traditional all the time. Right. It does not every us. Not everybody has to. They gonna hate me today. Not everybody needs to be playing football and basketball, darn it. There are other sports. There are other things. There are, it does not have to be everything in traditional. I'm like, no, you don't. And it's okay to use Google, whatever the other apps are to find things for your children to enjoy hey, and, and bring you, out that specialty. Come on now, because trust me, we are fly as a culture and they're going to steal it from us anyway. So you might as well just go on and do it. You know what's understated? I want to say this before we get into come that. On. What's understated, <laughs> understated that you just was explaining that I think I really want people to think about. If you go to a movie and you watch the latest movie that's out, when you're done, you see the opening, the ending credits, there are hundreds of names that you see there. And maybe 
50 of them were physically in the movie. Okay. Right? So even when you say, hey, my son really loves football. You know how many jobs are in the football league that you that don't part. have to throw a ball? Mm-hmm. So if that passion money is at that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're safe. So if your passion, if you see your child's passion is this particular sport or whatever the case may be, you can nurture that them moving toward that industry, but then go a layer deeper and say, okay, so what tasks do you like to do day to day? Do you like doing things with your hands? Are you tech savvy? What exactly can you do in this space? But that's, you know, you said, we don't know what we don't know. And the reality is, is parents and the older generation, they need more career service training and support so that they can understand how to look at the big picture to children so that we don't have to say these these 10 things that everyone knows accounting law nursing um you know and acting and you know sports we have certain things that are just literally like the laundry list of what people think is are the only jobs or careers mm-hmm. there are so many things you can do within those spaces and i think that that is something that we need to dig in deeper by really getting to know our children, but being educated on career services. That's true. I agree. Okay, we're gonna talk about this app because I do. You know, she didn't spoke like a whole five. She didn't. She didn't spoke. We, we don't a sermon. too many tangents. <laughs> but no, it's not as tangents. But I mean, they they gotta pick, people gotta pick up what they, what she's putting down. You know, it's about high time. I'm speaking for myself too. People need to pick up what she's put down. But we're gonna talk about this app because I'm really interested. Well, Tosh has more questions, that, but no, jump up, do it, girl, do it. No, but how, tell us, tell how, us. How, how'd you go from? And I'm not, and don't take this the wrong way. It's just with face value. How'd you go from the dance thing? Yes, the, to the app thing. That was my question. I sounded <laughs> traditional when I asked this question. I sound like the old lady, and I'm not. <laughs> You want you want you want some worthers? I hate you today. You chose violence. You chose violence this morning. I see that. <laughs> but how'd you go from how'd you go from dance to app? Wow, uh, what's this? What's this? So there is one layer of cool moms dance too that I did not speak about. So when I was going through the research and development phase of building it out, because I'm like, okay, if this is a company, I need to make sure that I make it unique, right? Yeah. I was learning so much about mental health, started connecting with mental health organizations locally. One, because I was on my own spiritual path as well. And I'm like, how did I lose their dad the way that I did? It was just, I, it didn't make sense to me. So as I'm, you know, digging in with these mental health organizations, I'm learning so much and I discovered movement therapy. So a part of what Cool Moms Dance 2 is, we use hip hop and merge it with dance therapy in order to utilize movement to express oneself um, because movement is our form of communication at that time. If you stress, if you're, you're going to show it through movement, right? Mm-hmm. So within doing that, a part of our practice is I had this process in my Virgo mind, right? I had this process that I created, <laughs> had this process I created that went with my experience, which was 
when we dance together, we feel more comfortable talking. When we start talking, um, we now can express ourselves. And when we express ourselves, where does it go? So that three-step process to me was, okay, we have dance. Then, then we need to figure out how we can communicate with one another. And once we communicate, we need to write it down. So I lived that experience before I decided to adapt it to anyone else. When my daughters were talking about the bullying, I asked them to write it down. They wrote a book called The Bully Police, and we published it and put it out, right? Because we wanted to be advocates, but I had them take their experience and put it on paper so that they can release it journaling, right? So when we came up with the game idea, it came from the fact that sometimes parents are like, I don't really know what to ask my children. I mean, outside of the regular things, like what do I ask to learn more about them to dig a little deeper without being annoying or evasive like a lot of people the kids be like, listen, why are you in my business? They, they will, the, the children will give you that face, even if they won't say it, like my day was fine. Like if you ever get that response, they, they're not interested in, in digging deeper. Right. So we need to figure out a fun way to do that. And I just wrote down these questions one day and I went to my girls and my godson and I just started asking them questions like if you were stranded on an island and you can only bring one person and one thing, who would you bring? And when they was explaining it to me, I'm like, ah, noted. Okay. So I know what you love, what you really need to hold close to you and who you feel safe with, who you think is going to hold you down, who you think is going to make sure that you're good where you're at or get you off this dang on island. <laughs> so, um, through that, I started talking to the girls about it and I'm like, I think people need this because I don't know that we know how to ask the right questions in order to understand one another better. So over the last year or so through, um, I mean, I will say one thing that you mentioned earlier, having access to resources is important. So I've been in accelerator programs and incubators with Emory University went through an accelerator with the Center for Civic Innovation, um, and now I'm currently in a uh, program with the City of Atlanta um, a Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative. And those programs really help you with scaling and growing what you have. So when I was with the Center for Civic Innovation, they connected me with Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech connected me with the school that has this thing called hack for impact and what they do is they create apps for people so we had been developing this card game because i'm like we need to make communication fun like it just like with cool moms with normal dance therapy and movement or certain things we just don't want it to be dry we don't want mental health we don't want the intro which we call it the intro to mental health for people who are not familiar to be uncomfortable, like a panel, it's lame. Like we're not interested in that. We want it to be fun. So let's make a card game where we can add dance challenges, where we can ask each other funny questions, but questions that dig deep. So there's a balance there. And as we develop the card game, they were asking, if you can have an app, what would you want it to be? And I said, I think this game needs to be an app. So we went through the process of developing the app and along the way, um, I paired with some students, some MBA students from Emory University who helped me to develop the parent guide and kind of build out the structure of how we can help parents with interpretations after they're done with the game. So in the game, we have these multiple categories. We have like the inner me, what would you do dance challenge? Um, we have, um, multiple sections of the game. And then 
with answering those questions, it's not a, a right or wrong, yes or no thing. It's I'm asking you a question, we have a dialogue about it, and then we move on to the next person asking a question. But the thing that makes it so unique is this component of the parent guide where you have these interpretations of how you can think about your child's answer. If I ask your child, you know, um, if you can make the rules at home, what would you do, right? Your The child's answer to that lets you know how they want to be governed. Right. So how can you implement some of that perspective, not the foo-foo stuff where it's like I could stay up until three o'clock in the morning and eat ice cream for breakfast, lunch and dinner. But when they say something like, you know, when I tell you when when I talk about my feelings, you listen to me instead of being in your phone. Something like that is something you can implement because kids will tell you how they feel. But are we listening? So. The app started out with that in mind to really help families have this dialogue together. And it's just been expanding from there. It's taken mm. its own legs. And not only are families in, with parents and children interested, but there's people. We have a partnership now with um, a university in Ghana, as well as a university here in Atlanta, where they want to do a multicultural experience with the app because people want to be heard. They want to have dialogue. Right. So as this is continuing to grow, it's important that we continue to cultivate that conversation but have fun while doing it so it doesn't feel so dry. So that's where the Gen Connect app came from. And my baby girl, Serenity, helped us with uh, getting the design together and making sure it was really dope. And I'm just really excited for people to try it out, to have a good time. If you're at dinner, you can pop out your phone. You don't have to worry about a physical card deck in your hand. You can pop out your phone, put on an app, and just ask each other questions while you're waiting for the server. We don't have to sit there and be like, where's my food? You can actually engage each other while you have wait time when you're out with family or just engaging at home. I wasn't being rude, but I'm going to show you exactly. She's, <laughs> she's playing on the game. She's playing on the game. <laughs> Downloading it. Thank I you. I appreciate you, I sis. Like, Thank you. I, this sounds dope. Is there a minimum, do you think is a minimum age where these, where this app would be appropriate for kids? I, I, we've been working through that, right? So we've had families that have come to us with children who were six and they were like, we loved it. So I, I think that depending on their cognitive ability to communicate their needs, I think you start at a space where they are able to, the questions are not very difficult questions. So I think once you get to elementary school age, the children are old enough to really express themselves. The questions are so simple that it's easy for anyone to discern and, and communicate or let you know that they're, they don't know their answer, right? Because sometimes kids are like, I don't know what I'm feeling right now. I don't know what my emotion is. That's important information as well. So I think when you get to like elementary school age children, that's the age where we really would start having that dialogue with the game. Okay. Yeah, no, because I'm looking at it right now and I'm just at the how to play part of it. And um, at, if you scroll to the bottom, they have family agreement to it. And then it's like meet on a human level, you know? What does that mean? You know, respect each other's individuality. So this is kind of, to me, I feel like that's a family agreement when you guys are playing the game. Absolutely. The family agreement is important because one, sometimes a child or even a parent may say something that someone doesn't like. And it's important that we 
are neutral, that we are considerate. Because if you get someone, it's like therapy. Imagine you go into therapy and you're talking to your therapist and you open up and she's like, why do you feel that way? You'd be like, well, sis, hold on a second. You just, okay, shut down. A child will do the same thing. If you have a mate, your mate will do the same thing. If they open up to you and then you get defensive or angry about something, they're not going to want to communicate. So it's important that we have an, a shared agreement going in to say, hey, these are the rules of engagement. You cannot take this personally. You are to meet me on a human level, which means you can't treat me like your child right now because we're asking questions about who we are as human beings. And then we need to be having fun. Don't make it, don't make it stuffy. Don't, don't get too deep. Let's try to have fun with this. And that, that shared agreement, I think, helps with keeping the balance and really maintaining a sense of play within the game. This is way too cool. This is. Look at me. This is. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've been playing. Sorry. I'm like, I like the blending. I like the the blend of technology yeah. with developing just communication skills. You know, we're always on our phones doing if we're at a restaurant, right? And it's all of us, all I guarantee you all four people are on their phones just kind of scrolling and looking. You know, I'm very much a person that likes conversation, so I could do my phone either way. But you know what? The reality, harsh reality is people are attached to their phone. So why not try to blend humanity with technology, <laughs> if that makes sense? Meet them where they are, right? Meet them where, like, yeah. Meet them where they are. Yeah. Uh, now, it's on iPhone. Is it also on Android, too? It's only developed on iPhone at this time. Okay. We're working on Android next. Okay. Okay. No worries. No worries. Most of our listeners, I feel like, are iPhone folks. But for the few who aren't, get with the iPhone. <laughs> do you have a, is, do you guys have a static website? So our website right now is the Cool Moms Dance 2 website, okay. coolmomsdance2.com. And there's a Gen Connect section. But uh, based gotcha. on where we are right now, I'm sure Gen Connect will have its own as well. Nice. Now, how did you find like the different incubators? Who did you look it up? Was it one of the girls who looked it up? Who's doing the research on finding these? Um, I'm going to air quote it and say incubator programs. So it, <laughs> this is where I have to bring in my faith, right? So I was out in nature one day and going for a walk. And often the best thoughts come when I'm resting in nature, doing yoga, doing something that pertains to self-care that li literally all the creative comes there. So, um, in the beginning of cool moms, I looked up, you know, business development programs. Cause I'm like, I want to do this the right way. And I found start me through Emory university. And I just, I'm a Virgo. So I'm very like, um, what do you call it? Research intensive naturally. So I went on their website, found contact information, and I just called. And literally, the executive director answered the phone. And I uh, asked about the program. And he's like, I don't think you're ready now. But if you do this, this, that, and a third, I think you'll be ready. So I went and did what he, what he said. And I uh, joined their uh, newsletter. And from there, um, when they had applications open, I went through the process of um, going through signing up and 
just kind of like I was really present with the process. I paid attention to what they said they wanted from the entrepreneurs. And um, I was able to get into that program. I was able to actually win a grant while, while I was in that program as wow. the one of the top organizations who were, you know, it was the bleed grant that they had within the program from a pitch competition that they put together. And from there, you know, all the mentors and things of that nature came about and I just continued to grow. Uh, the second program I was in was a part of a, a, a thing called A3C here in Atlanta. It's a hip hop festival and, and conference. And they were doing um, this program on social justice. And I just, for me, I follow the bread. I follow breadcrumbs. Like what I pay attention to who's in the room. I pay attention to people. Um, I listen actively. So I'm able to pick up a lot like, oh, this person does this and that person does that. And following that helped me to get there. I will say with the Center for Civic Innovation specifically hidden in that program, the girls and I were listening to an episode of how I built this. <laughs> and it was Sarah Blakely's episode. And when I was listening, I'm like, yo, sis is a hustler. Like she was in Macy's slinging Spanx, you know, the old school way. She was, it wasn't the traditional, like she literally made a phone call. The person said, we'll try you out. She sat in the store. She had her people come in and front for her and buy her stuff to make it seem like she was really doing something. And the appearance of that helped her build Sphinx. And I'm like, wow, when people feel like they can't do something because they don't have something in particular, or, you know, there's no finesse to business and to, come on, man, let's talk about how the people who really made it, made it. We're not talking about doing something wrong. We're talking about being strategic about getting the right people's eyes so that they can support what it is that you want to do. And we have to teach each other that that's okay. So with Spanx, I, I started looking up Sarah Blakely, learning more about her and found out that she uh, funded this program with the Center for Civic Innovation. And I made a vision board that year and I was like, I'm going to meet her. Like, I'm going to meet her. I'm going to have a conversation with her um, because she inspires me. So Serenity and I went to the Center for Civic Innovation's pitch night and I was really, really inspired. So I was like, OK, I'm going to apply for this program apply for the program. Um, the executive director, who is now a good friend, fell in love with me and Cool Moms. Uh, we ended up joining the program as an additional member. We weren't even, they, they capped and he was like, I have to have you in this. Like, we have to figure this out. And um, the Spanx Fellowship came about in a unique way. When I was done with this particular first one uh, with the Center for Civic Innovation, I got a phone call from one of the team members and they were like, um, what size pants do you wear? And asking all these questions. And I'm like, what is this all about? Of, all what in your guys? personal. Yeah, like, <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you want? You don't want to tell me like, I'm, I'm trying to get the tea. Like what, what y'all got going on over here? And they're like, can you show up to this place on this particular day? And I'm like, I do not like not knowing what I'm doing and going. Like I need to. Okay. So interestingly enough, I just said, you know what? I actually had something else to do that day. And I said, I don't know why, but I feel like I should be there. So I decided to make sure I went. Um, that specific day, I put on a shirt that said, be bold. And when I showed up, I realized we were at Sphinx headquarters. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. But I did know that the women that was in the program 
brand before us were graduating. So I'm like, oh, they they want us to come to graduation. Maybe we're networking. Cool. Let's keep it as simple. So when we get there, we're hanging out and um, they're starting the process of, you know, graduating the women from the last cohort. And Sarah walks in and they make this announcement that you're not here for a graduation. You're here because we're investing in your company. And it was, it was a group of other women. There were, I think like uh, 10 or 12 of us. So she invested in our company that day. Uh, we became a part of her next cohort. And the day that that happened, I literally cried because I was moving so fast. It was the birthday of my former partner that passed away. It was oh. And I was just like, wow, the God is so good. Like, I don't understand how this is happening, but I'm going to continue to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was so overwhelmed and she's been an advocate. Mm. Like we just released um, a fitness video in December that was for moms and we're shopping it to be a television show. And she sponsored it. She gave us our apparel for the, like, it's just been amazing. So I say all of that to say I had, I wanted to go deeper and give you the real context of it because. Oh no. Yeah. Really get into your process and your journey. It's so important to know. I know it's kind of loud in here. No, you get, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, can you hear me? Well, yeah. Oh, you're okay. Fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you get into your process and your journey, it is so very important to know that it's not linear. It's not, going to work out in this traditional, nobody's journey is this perfect straight line. It's going to be, I mean, there were times where I wanted to give up. Last year I had two accidents. My neurologist told me, you can't dance. You can't work out. You have to sit down. I'm like, wait, that's my life. What am I supposed to do now? But if I didn't take that time to rest and sit down, this app wouldn't have come about because I wouldn't have made time for it. So everything happens for a reason. Um, if we follow our divine flow, it will work out for us, but you just got to dream big and follow the breadcrumbs. Like don't, if it comes to your mind, it's a probability that it's out in the universe already. So follow it, follow it, trust it. Um, and shoot your shot, man. Shoot your shot. I'm the queen of shooting. I shoot all my shots and I, I get a good 70% of them now before it was a little more difficult because I didn't trust the process, but I'm paying attention to more of the shots that, um, make it. And then the iteration process is the shots that didn't make it. If I can gain data from that, like why didn't it happen? Sometimes it's just because it's just not a good fit. And the other yeah. times it's because maybe you need a little tweaking. Um, and, and when I tell you that is such a real thing. Goldman Sachs just sent me an email a week ago and said, can you please apply for our program? We know we applied, you applied before and we said no, but we really want you to apply again. <laughs> and it's interesting because I've grown so much during that time that when they sent me back the application, when I saw how I provided them information about me and my organization, I wasn't ready for it then but I know I'm ready for it now. So everything happens when it's supposed to. And if you trust yourself, honor yourself and do life on your own terms, not only will you be successful, you'll be happy and healthy too. Mm-hmm. Come on, sis. <laughs> I don't pass the fun, the plate so many times. Come on, you accept debit cards? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't even. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay, so. Goldman Sachs is what's up next. (laughs) 
I received that. I definitely okay. still got to go. They have a program called 10,000 uh, Small Businesses. Yep. Yes. And yep. <laughs> I was just floored because they sent me an email and said, hey, we really want you to, to reapply. We're interested. And I was You like, go right on ahead. Yes. Is this automated this. or is this a person? No, nope, it is back not. Out, it, was, nope. it, was, it was a like person. You, just like you said, people. just yep. like you said, trust the process. process. So just believe that yes. it was an individual person. It was. It was. It was like, <laughs> I remember you. But goodness, come yeah. on! Look how you know. I don't know. Ooh, we want to so, know. Will you we, look at me? You please. Will, we, you got to keep us updated on that, and we love to share it with our listeners on how you are doing. Yes, um, yes. We want to f- continue to follow your journey and celebrate with you and your daughters. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. We'll do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else you have um, coming down the pipeline? Um, I mean, that's pretty much my full plate. I mean, I, I live life intentionally. I have a club called the intentional life club where I help people you shift their mindset. Cause I know that that's 90% of the process. So yeah, I have a, a, a club called the intentional life club as well. And it's something that I do personally for me, for my self care. Um, and I started it on clubhouse and we have 11,000 members now, um, within our club, but it's just a space to really talk about how we can live life intentionally and be more mentally sound by nice. utilizing community and mindset shifting to be healthy. So outside of that, the Gen Connect app and what we have going on with Cool Moms, we're just going to keep running it up. That's that's really the case right now. And I'm really interested, you mentioned something, and seeing the journey for my children in the next 10 to 15 years. I want to see how, because at the end of the day, the one thing I will say is the reason why we should be doing things on our own terms is because no one turns out exactly the way we expect them to. You can have two children under the same household turn out completely different. So what's important Mm -hmm. to me is to do the best to cultivate spaces, but I'm interested to see how as a community, we can continue to develop happy, healthy, whole children and adults, because if we're happier, our children are happier as well. So really focusing on engaging better self-care practices within community and sharing all the goods with each other. We need to be sharing more. We need to be sharing less of what's going on in, in, in TV world and social media world and sharing what's going on in our inner world and in our dream world. Ooh, love it. Thank you so much yes. for blessing us today, being on our show, sharing with the good people. I mean, when we do these shows, y'all, for those who are first time listeners or not, um, very few things are scripted. I mean, we have like questions and we have an idea of what we want to talk about, but this is not 100% scripted. Like we didn't know what you were going to tell us. We had no clue. We've actually never met you in the past. Like um, we appreciate you actually for reaching out to us to be on the show. Um, It was right on time. Um, If not just for us, but for someone listening. So thank you and your daughters um, for coming together to create this generational wealth, not just financially, but also for mental health and for the good of other people. So we appreciate that. Uh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And plus, it's that Virgo connection. Thank you. Oh, Lord. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, ma'am. I knew that was coming. 
I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we'll <laughs> we'll uh, continue the conversation through our listener comments and questions on Facebook and Instagram. Please be sure to check out our show notes. We'll have a link to uh, Cool Moms Dance as well as the Gen Connect for those of you who are iPhoneers. Um, you can go ahead and download that app um, as well as some other articles as well too, um, and maybe some of a few venture. Uh, links that you guys might be interested in. Um, And don't forget to please subscribe to the Monday Mammologist. Check out our website, mahoganymammology.com, where you can find previous episodes. We've done a number of other Black moms who are entrepreneurs who are doing, trying to bridge that generational wealth gap um, and involving their families and how they pass it on. So if you're looking for more of that inspiration and ideas, it is there. Um, And of course, we have a little bit of merchandise too. Until next time, I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye.